Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today is Thursday. You know what that means, it's time for the weekly NFL predictions. We're up to week 15 now in the NFL, only four weeks to go. And it is the perfect time to watch football, so many meaningful games every single week, huge playoff implications, maybe even some snow games if you're watching some games up north. It's just a really fun time. And this is week 15. I'll get into those predictions in a little bit, but before that, I'm going to start off with the week 14 mini recap. In my picks last week, I went 6 and 7. Not a great week for me. I'm going to highlight some of the bigger games from last week. The Rams beating the Raiders obviously is one of them. My prediction for this one unfortunately was incorrect. It looked like it was all Raiders throughout that game. And they were ahead 16 to 3. Similarly to the comeback we saw Brady pull against the Saints, right at the very end, the Rams came back. Baker got his first touchdown with maybe three and a half minutes, four minutes left in the game. Raiders got the ball back, couldn't get the first down. Rams were deep in their own territory, I think inside their own five. But with no timeouts, Baker led the Rams to the game-winning touchdown in his debut with the Rams. Only a couple days after being traded for from the Panthers. Absolutely crazy game. Second game I have here from Week 14 is the Panthers beating the Seahawks. I did not have this one happening either. Sam Darnold is 2-0 right now in his two games that he's played with Carolina. And that's really interesting to think about because that puts the Panthers in a position now where they could genuinely make the playoffs. They're one game behind the Buccaneers for first place in the NFC South. And I mean, their 5-8 and eight record doesn't make them seem like a team that should be in the playoffs, but it's just how it works out in the poor division that they're in. So let's say that they go out and win this week and the Buccaneers lose to the Bengals. The Panthers will be sitting in first place because they do have the tiebreaker against Tampa Bay, which is just absolutely crazy. And the last game that I had highlighted in the big three of week 14 is the 49ers beating the Buccaneers. And it's not necessarily the result, because I did have this one correct. It's the way that they did it. Dominating blowout fashion, they got the win by a whopping score of 35-7. to And this was without uh, Garoppolo. Garoppolo is going to be out for quite some time. He might not even return, because Brock Purdy... 2-0 in the first two games he's been uh, asked to play. He's looked really nice. He's made some important throws. The numbers haven't been necessarily huge, but that's not what you need from a quarterback like Brock Purdy. On this 49ers team, they have the best defense in the NFL, and I will fight that till the ends of the earth because that is the number one defense. And they help you out a whole lot. I mean, the 49ers probably could have won this game with two touchdowns but they uh, scored five of them. <laughs> and that's why I had this one highlighted. And it's also a big step for the Niners. They're two games ahead of Seattle now, who they'll verse tonight on Thursday Night Football. 
and that's the perfect starting point to get us into Week 15 NFL predictions. Of course, tonight we have the 49ers and the Seahawks. I think this is going to be a pretty good matchup. There is a lot to fight for here. The Seahawks currently are sitting out of the playoff picture. They are down to the number 8 seed now after a couple losses in a row. But if they can beat the 49ers, they will for the moment be back in the playoff picture. And not only that, they're also going to have split the season series with the 49ers and pull that divisional deficit to one game, kind of making it anybody's division. Even though that is what could happen and what would make it interesting, I'm picking the 49ers in this one. Brock Purdy did injure his oblique in the win against Tampa Bay, but he is expected to play. And that's huge for the 49ers, uh, because Brock Purdy has done some pretty impressive things, as I was just detailing in the game against Tampa Bay. The Seahawks just had a pretty surprising loss to the Carolina Panthers, not one that I would have seen them dropping. But their defense had trouble containing Sam Darnold, and I think it could be similar with uh, Brock Purdy's offense tonight. And the defense, though, is what the 49ers really have the edge in this matchup against the Seahawks. Their defense is just the best in the league. Fewest points allowed of any team in the NFL. They just held Tom Brady to seven points. They held Tua Tagovailoa in Miami, which is arguably the best offense uh, so far through the season. Held them to 17. Forced four interceptions over the last two games. This is a force of a defense, and that's why I think the 49ers are going to get this W. Then we finally have Saturday games in this NFL season. First weekend of those, it starts out at 1 o'clock on Saturday with the Colts at the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. Now, before the haters roll in saying, Ah, oh, you were wrong about this, so wrong. I did not give the Lions a chance to beat Minnesota last week, and they did. They did it pretty easily, too, winning by two scores. I will admit that I kind of underestimated Detroit. I know they're a hot team. I know all that. I know they have good young players. I didn't think they were going to be able to beat Minnesota, who's arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. JJ's having the year of his career. TJ Hawkinson, huge acquisition for them. Dalvin Cook, one of the better running backs. And the Lions did a really good job. Now, against the Colts, that's a different story. The Colts are not hot at all. Their playoff chances are technically still alive, but they're hanging by a thread. Jonathan Taylor hasn't been consistent this season. He started off pretty slow. Then right around right around when Jeff Saturday took control of the team, he started to do a little bit better. And that's also when Matt Ryan uh, came back after Ellinger was starting a couple of games. It's just not a good team. Their defense is pretty good, but their offense can't really do anything. It is interesting, though, because the Vikings' defense, especially second-half defense, has proven questionable over the last couple of weeks with the Jets and with the Lions. 
So I'm not thinking that this one will be a blowout, but I'm still going to give it to the Vikings. Then the second game on Saturday is a divisional game. It's the Ravens at the Browns. I'm going to uh, take the upset here. I'm going to take the Ravens, who will be without Lamar Jackson again. Huntley also is injured, but it's looking like he is going to be the one to play. Deshaun Watson and the Browns. We all thought that he was going to be leading this team throughout the whole year when they got him. Not the case. He's only going to be playing in his third game of the season. Split the first two, beat the Texans, lost to the Bengals last week. He has not, he has not impressed me. None of his numbers impress me. Uh, how he looks in the pocket has not impressed me. His decision making has not impressed me. He looks like exactly how you expect a quarterback that's been out of this game for such a long time to look. I know he's been training and doing other things on the side to get ready, but it's not the same thing as actually being in those moments against other teams with pass rushers coming at you. It's a lot different when it's actually there in a real NFL game. And the Ravens' defense is not an easy defense to play against. In fact, the Ravens' defense is a huge reason why they haven't dropped more of these games the last month or so than they have. They held on to beat the Steelers by two points. They barely beat the Panthers back a couple weeks ago. I think they beat the Broncos by a field goal. And in all of these games, it's because they held their opposition to such few points. They held the Steelers last weekend to two touchdowns. I think the Broncos and Panthers were... I think the Broncos were 10 points against, Panthers maybe three. So this defense isn't going to give you much, and that's why I think the Ravens are going to win, because that is where I see the biggest imbalance between the Browns' defense, mediocre, and the Ravens' defense, which is a real force. And the final game, Saturday night, Dolphins at the Bills. This is a really interesting one, especially as a Jets fan, one that I'm going to be keeping a close eye on. And even as a Jets fan, I kind of have to admit, the Jets do not have much of a chance at this division anymore. The Bills have won three straight. Their record is up to 10-3. and three, And do actually hold the number one seed right now. And if the Bills do manage to get this win against Miami, it secures the AFC East. At least to me it does. I don't think, technically it won't because that season series will still be split with Miami. Miami would have to win out. Bills would have to lose out. I don't think that's going to happen. But nonetheless, it's a big game. And snow is supposed to be in the forecast, I heard for this one. Definitely favors the Bills. I don't think Miami players down there, especially Tua, grew up in Hawaii and then played in the South in his collegiate career and now with the Dolphins. I don't think he's used to snow. And if it's cold or snowy, anything like that, I don't think that's going to work in their favor, especially with the Dolphins' offense the way they've looked these last couple of games. Against the Niners and against the Chargers, that California road trip for the Dolphins was not good. Dolphins lost both those games, and Tua didn't look like his dominant self. I mean... 
him and Tyreek are still hooking up for some nice passes and stuff, but it just hasn't been as explosive as we've seen in weeks past. And that's the biggest reason that I'm, or the reasons I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Alright, now we're going to move on to the Sunday games, starting with the 1 o'clock ones. We have the Eagles at the Bears. The Eagles are now 12-1. and Clinched a playoff spot, first team to do so. Only team that has not lost a road game. It's just been a methodical season for them. Jalen Hurts is looking like the favorite to win MVP. I think there's been, in each season, such huge positives to look at for Jalen. He played a little bit in his rookie season with Philadelphia, not all that much. Wasn't fantastic. That's your number one. Your number two, he is the QB. He leads the Eagles to a winning record, gets them back in the playoffs. And in the playoffs, didn't do that well. Lost to Brady by quite a bit. But still, progression. And now they're sitting at the number one team in the league. Only one loss. Putting up huge numbers week in, week out. It's just crazy. He's looking like the best quarterback now of the 2020 draft class. It is competitive there with Joe Burrow and the way he's looking. But he's kind of passing Justin Herbert and Tua Tungavailoa. The Bears on the other side are eliminated. They're down at 3-10. and 10. This game doesn't mean much to them. At this point, it's just about developing the future. We know that they have draft picks coming their way. And they have the possibility to be a contender in the coming years because where it starts with the quarterback, Justin Fields, is looking like he can do some things. He's kind of like a Lamar breed. He can definitely fling the ball. He could throw it far. But more, most importantly, he can run. And he can run in bunches. It's not just one run, couple runs in a game. He can run on you anytime he likes. And he could do it for massive amounts. He's had uh, crazy rushes that have ended up in touchdowns against Miami. There's a memorable one, 60-something yards. And I think the future is going to be bright. I'm going to optimistically give the Bears fans some hope over here. It is an interesting matchup. We remember the double doink. The famous, or infamous I should say, double doink matchup between the Eagles and the Bears in the playoffs. So, just a little interesting matchup here. Next game up is the Lions at the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. I am rolling with my team. And I will tell you why. Even though the Jets have slightly fallen off here, two losses in a row, 7-6 and six now, not in a playoff spot, we're still very much in the mix. Our two losses, both against hugely talented, massively talented teams, Buffalo and Minnesota. And we did manage to keep both of those one-score games when it was all said and done. Against the Lions, I understand it's a hot team. Five out of six games they've won. I still think the Jets could do it. Mike White is looking like he is going to be the starter. In an interview, he said he's feeling good. He's expecting to play this weekend. 
and he's looked really nice. He's played very well. Even against Buffalo, getting his ribs hit a couple of times, even having to come out, he came back, completed nice throws, and most importantly, I want to talk about his number one target, Garrett Wilson. First game the two ever played together, two touchdowns between the pair, and even in these last few weeks, he said against Minnesota, Garrett's game of his career, over 160 yards, and even last week, floating around the 100 mark. Quinn and Williams, unfortunately, the Jets' best pass rusher, which they desperately need against a Lions team that's only allowed 19 sacks. He's going to be questionable. He has not been practicing. So that is kind of a blow. But I still think it's going to be a really tight game. Jets are favored by a point and a half in this one, I believe. So very tight, and it holds huge, huge playoff implications for both teams. The Lions have kind of revived their season after they were 2-6. and six, And they're floating right around the line. You know that one of the team's Giants and Commanders is realistically going to be losing. That's going to catch you up to one of them. Seattle also will have their hands full tonight. They might lose. So definitely possible for them to sneak in there. Jets are kind of trending in the opposite direction, but still right around that line. Uh, they're tied with three teams that have the 7-6 and six record, only behind on the tiebreakers they have with the Patriots and Chargers. In the next game, I'm going to take the upset and take the Steelers over the Panthers. This one will be played in Carolina. Panthers have won back-to-back games with Darnold at QB. But I have seen Sam Darnold. I have experienced the Sam Darnold experience as a Jets fan. And it doesn't last. It doesn't. We thought that he was going to be this huge thing when he was 3-0 last season with the Panthers. That flopped quickly. I don't think he's going to lead the Panthers to anything huge. I don't think he's going to lead them to the playoffs. On the other other hand, the Steelers team has shown me really nice things so far in this year. They have played really really well and played many teams close. They knocked off the Buccaneers, who were looking much better at the time. They've uh, beaten the Bengals earlier on in the year. And Kenny Pickett did get hurt last weekend against Baltimore. If he did not, I firmly believe the Steelers would have won that game. In fact, I'll go as far to say as I know the Steelers would have won that game. Because in comes Mitch Trubisky, who throws three interceptions, dousing the hopes of a Steelers win. And that would have been a huge win for them. Would have taken them to 6-7. and seven one game out of the playoffs. Instead, they're 5-8, and eight, but still not done. Season is still alive for them. Kenny Pickett is questionable, but could play. And of course, there's huge, huge playoff implications for the Panthers that I was just talking about. Don't... Uh, I'm not going to get too much into that because I don't see it happening. I just don't. The main thing, though, that I look up, look at in this matchup is... The defenses. The Panthers have a young defense with some nice guys like J.C. Horn on it. 
Derek Brown, but the Steelers are an experienced unit. Much better defense, and that's why I think they're going to win this game. Next up is the Chiefs at the Texans. The Texans gave me, and probably some betters out there and Cowboys fans, a big scare. They were beating the Cowboys for so much of that game. And to put this in perspective, it's the worst team in the NFL against the 10-win Cowboys. <laughs> so when you look at that, to have the Texans beating those Cowboys, it's kind of like, what the hell is going on here? It was just very surreal to watch the highlights and see how much the Cowboys struggled when they handily took care of teams like the Vikings, the Giants. It's just very interesting. The Chiefs had a scare of their own against the Broncos. The Broncos made a storming comeback effort. It did fall short, though, after Russell Wilson got injured. He is going to remain in concussion protocol for this week, unfortunately. But the Chiefs won that game because of their offense. Every week, Mahomes is doing something special. And I hope the Texans don't make me regret this, because they almost did last week. But I think the Chiefs are going to have a field day against that defense. Next game on the schedule is the Falcons at the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints in this game. The Falcons are turning to their rookie QB, Desmond Ritter, and Mariota has gone on the injured reserve for them, which kind of forces them to do what they did here and turn to Desmond. Both of these teams are in that NFC South, which is still very much up for grabs. Very much. So either of these teams could still make a run at the playoffs. It makes more sense on the Falcons' side because, of course, they're one game better than the Saints, meaning they're only one game behind the Bucks, And also the Saints uh, got swept in the season series by Tampa Bay. The Saints' uh, last game was against Tampa Bay, actually, and they played it so perfectly until the end near the fourth quarter, where they just collapsed. Their defense ran out of ways to stop Brady, which we've seen all too many times. And I just don't think that in this first game, Desmond Ritter is going to be that much up to the challenge. He's not going to have their most dangerous weapon. Kyle Pitts is done for the year. So I think the Saints should be able to take care of business. Final 1 o'clock game is the Cowboys at the Jaguars. I'm taking the Cowboys. Now, this game on the point spread is a lot closer than people probably thought it would be going into last week. But last weekend, the Cowboys struggled a whole lot. The Jaguars got their dominating win against Tennessee. And that makes it a lot tighter. Makes it a lot more interesting. Keeps the Jaguars alive in their hunt of the Titans in the division. But still, I, I can't help but thinking the Cowboys will get this done. The Cowboys, they have a, one of the top running back duos, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard. 
I just think that they're too much for the Jaguars defense. It's another one of these young defenses that's still trying to find its footing. And even though they did win, the one main issue that I saw from the Jaguars last weekend is they couldn't stop Derrick Henry. They couldn't stop him. Had right around 130 yards. So if the Cowboys pound the run game, they should be able to get this one done. Now we're going to get into these 4 o'clock games on Sunday. The first one is the Cardinals at the Broncos. This is an interesting matchup. Two struggling teams, two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs. I'm still going to have to pick the Broncos again, as I've mentioned in some of these other games. To me, it comes down to the defense. And I like the defense of the Broncos a lot more than that of the Cardinals. If Kyler Murray was playing in this game, which I wish he was, I know a lot of people wish that what happened did not happen. Of course, what I'm talking about is his torn ACL that he suffered Monday night against New England. Just very hard to watch. But if he was playing, this game could be a whole lot different. And then on the other side, there's also quarterback concerns for the Broncos. Russell Wilson is still in concussion protocol. He played probably the best game that he has all year. And that's so interesting that the time he picked to do that was against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And it's such a shame that he couldn't finish it off because it was looking like he might actually pull off this comeback and get the win for the Broncos. But that was not the case. We'll see what happens in that one. Should be pretty close, but I'm going to stick with the Broncos. Then the Patriots at the Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders. And I'm not just saying that because, of course, as a Jets fan, I never want the Patriots to win. The Raiders have been playing really, really well, I have to say. Actually, I think they've been playing quite well and competitive all season, just kind of let themselves down at the end of too many games early on. Their winning streak, the Raiders, was nearly extended to four in a row. But Baker Mayfield, with the comeback of all comebacks, ended that. Talked about that in my Week 14 review at the beginning. Just incredible what he was able to do late on there. And with how little he knew the team. It's just wild. I think the Raiders are going to win this game because of Josh Jacobs. We know the Patriots' defense is talented. We know about Judon. We know about their secondary. But Josh Jacobs has been on a tear. Over 100 running yard games. Almost on the weekly now, you expect that from him. And I think he's the one player that could make a huge difference in this one and turn it into a W for the Raiders. On the Patriots' side, this is a crucial game for them. They're 7-6, and six and they do sit in the playoffs right now. But realistically, to get into the playoffs in the AFC, very talented division, you're going to need at a minimum 9 and most probably 10 wins to ultimately do it. And the Patriots, after this, Bengals, Dolphins, and Bills coming up. Very unwelcoming schedule. So the importance for the, of this one for them is just absolutely massive.
Then the next game of the 4 o'clock games, 425 kickoff, is the Titans at the Chargers. I'm going to pick the Chargers. Justin Herbert has struggled at times this season, but not Sunday night against Miami. Sunday night against Miami, he was able to get the job done. 367 passing yards in that win. You know, most of you do, that I am a fan of Justin Herbert. I really enjoy watching him play. But my fandom of Herbert is going to have to take a little hiatus here because they're right there fighting the Jets to get into the playoffs. Nonetheless, I do think they're going to be able to beat the Titans who are slipping slipping every week. Tannehill isn't looking fantastic. This is when you really start to miss A.J. Brown, if you're Tennessee. They do have Traylon Burks, though, who has been looking up. And, of course, Derrick Henry. I'd hate to think where they'd be without him, because he's had so many important games. Probably the most consistent running back you'll find in this league. I do think this is going to be a close game, high-scoring game, but at home, and of the way Justin Herbert's looking, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers. Final game in the 4 o'clock slot is the Bengals at the Buccaneers, and I don't really have to think twice about giving this one to the Bengals. They're on a nice, really, really nice five-game winning streak. Really impressive what Joe Burrow has been able to do over that time put together a lot of really, really nice performances. Joe Mixon, of course, is the other Joe on the Bengals that you have to look out for. He's a threat whether you're going to hand the ball off to him, he could go outside, he could go inside, just power through you. And his speed, too, on the catch and runs, which I've seen Joe Burrow do to him, he could gain big yardage out of those. As for the Bucks. It's been a terrible year for their standards. When you have Tom Brady, it does not compute to have a losing record in December. Of course, though, Brady is in the one division where a losing record is going to get you into the playoffs. And my prediction for it would be that the Bucks do barely hold on, just because I don't think any of these teams are legit enough to pass them. We'll see definitely not over but it's just like Brady you look lost you look lost Tom has the divorce been rough on you rough on the kids I, 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 it has to have been I mean but he's a professional you know he shouldn't uh, let that those things consume him to the point where he can't do what he's the best at but it just it's taking a turn for the worse and I would be scared if I was a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. Sunday Night Football is an interesting one. Going into the year, I never ever would have thought this would be on Sunday Night Football. But it is. The Giants at the Commanders. And this is probably the hugest direct playoff uh, correlation game of the week. Sorry, I probably could have phrased that better. I should say the game with the biggest playoff implications because both of these teams sit in the playoffs today but if one loses they'll more than likely fall out 
or be very close to falling out of that playoff spot. They have the exact same record, 7-5-1. and one. In the first meeting, these two teams, to my disappointment, tied. Because if you found a winner there, it was really going to give you a clear picture of who was going to be that team and how it's up in the air. I guess that does make things kind of interesting from a neutral, pretty neutral standpoint. It's kind of, it's whoever wins this game is going to hold the almighty important tiebreaker. Because when it's all said and done, these two teams could definitely be tied on record. I have to pick the Washington Commanders, though. The Giants, with their injuries, and have just not looked what they used to have been earlier in the year. These injuries have kind of decimated their team. (coughs) Got blown out by Philadelphia last weekend. At home, too. And the biggest thing when I look at these two teams is the last four games. Commander's last four games, they're undefeated. Giants' last four games, they're winless. Give me the Commander's. Final game of the week, Monday Night Football. It is the Rams at the Packers, and man, was it a memorable Los Angeles-Hollywood debut for Baker Mayfield. I don't think you could have asked for a better way to start off your career, being the hero of the comeback very late on. And now he's going to travel with the team to Green Bay and look to do it again. But the Packers will have something to say about that. Aaron Rodgers is not done. He's made it clear that he wants to play. And Jordan Love is not too happy about the situation. I've heard from certain insiders that Jordan Love may be requesting a trade, may want to get out of Green Bay, because it doesn't seem like they want to give him a chance. And this is really the time to do that, when your season is kind of done. I mean, they're still in with a shot, I guess, if they win this one, but it it is a long shot, a really long shot to think that we'd be seeing them in the postseason. The one relationship that I've really seen thrive through this frustrating year for Packers fans is Rodgers and Watson. They've looked really nice, had themselves some really nice hookups, good productive games. So that's the main receiver, main offensive uh, connection that I'd look for in this one. Rams, Aaron Donald's questionable for you. Cooper Cup, he's not coming back this season. Stafford, even if he is healthy, I don't think that they'd want to risk playing him again when their season's done. So Baker Mayfield, looks like you're going to get to play football, which is what you've wanted to do all year, waiting on the bench for many games in Carolina. This has turned out to be a really nice trade for both teams, because Darnold can now do his thing with Carolina as long as they want to keep that going. And Baker Mayfield gets to play some games. Alright, that's going to wrap it up for the Week 15 NFL predictions. And it should be a really fun week of football. Thank you guys for listening. I'm WFAN the Kid.